0: I know
1: so. and we are back on the air attack after a short break post super bowl as is the tradition here um a couple of people ask hey where are you three weeks off what's going on no it's two weeks off I only took two weeks off. There's a week between shows to begin with. I'm not trying to do a math lesson here, but it's only two weeks off. So as is always the case, you miss a bunch of stuff when you take a break. So we'll get right into it. First of all, the Golden Globes, I did not watch last night. Um, Sorry. It was every bit. I did catch a little pre-show by accident in between like Netflix and movies and and stuff that was going on here over the weekend. The pre-show was every bit as excruciating as I thought it might be with Jane Lynch and some girl who was trapped in a studio in New York and it just... It just wasn't working. You didn't think it was going to work. You could tell by the way they were marketing it. Even Tina Fey and Amy Poehler felt the need to tell people, hey, no politics this year. Well, there you go. So people people have basically had their fill of award shows. This one, from the highlights I've seen, looked like a glorified Zoom meeting. So that made it that much worse. I did catch the Jason Sudeikis speech. I thought it was excellent. I thought it was the greatest thing ever. People seem to have forgotten that he is doing a show in England and that there is something called a time difference. So it's about 3 a.m., give or take, when he's accepting the award. If he was sloshed, so what? He's having fun. Also made it clear that he wasn't alone. Just a little dig at Olivia Wilde, huh? Hey, good for him. If she can leave him and break up their family for a boy bander, why can't he slur his words during an acceptance speech and have a little late-night company while he's at it, okay? No, no, but he was really—he was tripping over his words. I'm really worried. Have you seen the president of the United States lately? Calm down, people. Okay, it's an award show. It's not that important. I promise. The other thing that really got to me over the last couple of weeks, and it's kind of a serious thing, before we get to Tiger, which is really a serious thing, but the situation down in Texas. I mean, it's not just Texas. I'm not trying to—I'm not trying to pick on Dallas or Fort Worth or any, any anywhere in that state, but Texas, Nashville, Atlanta, Charlotte—those four places in particular. Every time it snows there, there's a problem. It's a disaster. I, I had a buddy who used to live in Atlanta and he would make a joke that he was down there. I guess he got a got a job bartending part time. Anytime it started snowing, the manager slash owner would come out and say, hey, listen, do last call. We got to get out of here. We got to run home. And the, the running joke is that they shut down the city for an inch of snow. What is the problem just having some salt and a couple of plow trucks handy? What is the big deal? There was a massive, massive, accident in Texas. It was like a hundred cars, people died, tractor trailers, like you never saw snow before. And I looked at it and I said, well, if it's record snowfall, what record did it break? And the the snowfall is breaking records from like the early 1900s. This is not the first time it snowed, but every time it snows, you people act like it is the first time. And obviously things went from bad to worse. People are freezing in their own homes. They have to having to sleep in their cars because they don't have heat. They don't have water. Ted Cruz is going to Cancun and then lying about it, which was ridiculous. I mean, Ted, if you're going to take the family to Cancun, just say you're taking the family to Cancun. Okay, get a private jet if you have to, but don't stand. Everybody knows who you are. Even your mask is unlike any other mask I've seen, and then you're going to look people straight in the eye and say, well, my daughter's had a my daughters had a trip planned, and I want it to be a good daddy. Who doesn't want to be a good daddy? You knew what was going to happen next. Some whack job from United leaked out his itinerary, and it turns out this was planned earlier in the week. Then Heidi... Heidi Cruz's so-called friends leak her text messages where she's telling people, hey, we're going to stay at the Ritz-Carlton, and now it becomes a story. It's not even a big deal. There's nothing he's going to do. And by the way, there are two senators from Texas. Where's John Cornyn? Pulling people out of rubble? No, it's not a big deal. You have a governor, okay? You You have a federal government. You have people to help out down there. It's not a big deal when you go. It's a big deal when you lie, you doofus. My God, I know he's a politician. I know he's a really good liar. I know he's a very smooth talker, but that was just dumb. What are you doing down there? My goodness. And I don't care. You want to argue about windmills, oil, gas, nuclear energy, whatever it is. Just fix it. Just get it fixed down there. But stop acting like every time it snows in the South, like it's the first time you've seen it. The bottom line is you people don't want to spend money to protect the people that live there. Bottom line. And it's wrong. I don't care what party you're in or what. I don't give a shit about that stuff. It's just plain wrong. People, I mean, people can't, they can't exist in their homes because it snowed for a few days. You got to be kidding me. Oh, what a joke. What an absolute joke. And then, of course, the situation with Tiger. And immediately the theories begin. Well, gee, what was he doing? I mean, what what time in the morning? 7.30? 7.30? Oh my God, was he drunk? Why would he be drunk at 7.30 in the morning, you morons? He's a golfer. Do you not know what, how golfers operate? Or do you know anything about Tiger whatsoever? Tiger is a notorious early riser. Maybe not lately because he's been rehabbing, but he was on his way to do a, an event for Golf Digest. And there were going to be NFL players there. I think that day Drew Brees and Justin Herbert were going to be there. I think the day before he was with David Spade and a couple other people. It was 7.30 a.m. We all know about his DUI. We don't need your goofy internet theories as to what actually happened there. It's nice of the L.A. Sheriff's Department to, to make sure they confirm he wasn't drunk at 7.30 a.m. Totally helped the situation. My God. Now, there was there was talk about how he looked on Sunday when he did an interview with Jim Nance. And I agree he did not. He looked a little bit like his DUI mugshot. I'm not going to lie. He did not look very good. But, I mean, to take that to the, to the next level of, well, he must have been fucked up or something, it's just terrible. And then all of you lonely, miserable people talking about how I'm so tired of seeing Tiger coverage on TV. I, I, want, I want the actual news back. Enough about Tiger. He's an athlete. He got into a car crash. What news do you want to see? You want to see more nonsense about the Capitol riot with conspiracy theory number 1342 that tries to make it Trump's fault? Who cares? OK, is one of the greatest athletes of all time. Maybe this is why you're so lonely. Maybe this attitude is why you're so miserable that all you have in your life is the news. My God, I saw one person on Twitter. I can't even find out where to send my mother for her COVID shot because all I'm seeing is tiger. If you need the news to tell your mom where to get her COVID shot, you know what your mom actually needs? better kids that's what she needs how miserable can you be you're annoyed by a guy in a car crash with a crushed leg oh my god i think some of you might have just mild issues with men or athletes or just popular people in general i'm just saying so as far as what actually happened you know it's not enough when you say that it's just an accident i'm sorry i know the sheriff's department is probably trying to cover for him here i know they're probably trying to get people off his back he himself does not seem to have made a statement yet all the statements come through his social media accounts But it seems to really come from his publicist, his camp, you know, his managers, his handlers, if you will. The bottom line is the car ended up in the wrong lane. The car went from right to left. So basically, he would have been going into oncoming traffic. Now, the theory would be if it were busier and there wasn't a pandemic going on, he might have hit someone head on. The other theory would be, well, if there wasn't a pandemic going on, maybe the side of the road that he was on would have been more filled with cars and he couldn't be going at the rate of speed he was. He had to be flying people. He had to absolutely be flying. And they don't even put out a story to explain the accident. They just say, no, it was just an accident. He wasn't. Yeah, but how did the accident happen? The car just starts going left. What the what? Like it's a bad read or something. Give me a break, guys. Come on. I mean, he plowed through the sign that was that was in the median there on the road. And then he goes all the way across the highway. And you saw the condition of the car. If anybody saw the pictures, I know it went down a, a little bit of a cliff. But still, give me a break. That was... I mean, that's ridiculous. There's got to be a story there. You got to put something out there. You got to say something. I mean, I don't care how ridiculous... I, you know, I, I don't care what it is. Say there's a woolly mammoth in the road and he didn't want to didn't want to hit the thing because he knows how endangered they are. Just something. Something that that just puts my mind at ease. Car just veered... I mean, you know, there's... I know. The theories do nobody any good. I get it. But you got to put a story out there. You got to tell people what happened here. So... Another, I hate to say this, another self-inflicted wound for Tiger. I'm not implying he was fucked up. not implying that he did anything wrong. I'm just saying that you haven't really put the fans at ease with any kind of rational explanation as to how this actually happened. Whether he's going to play again or not, I, I think that remains to be seen. I really do. I know he's going to try. There's there's no question that he'll try. There's no question he'll get the very, very best medical treatment um, as far as actually playing competitively. You know it'll be a big story. You know he'll eat it up. This is the kind of stuff he lives for. But between the the marriage stuff, where basically he was out there banging everyone in sight. And don't forget something, too. His, there was a documentary on HBO that just came out about him about four to six weeks ago that was very unflattering. And now this happens. And in, bet- in between, you do have the DUI. In fact, that's how the documentary starts. You want to talk about irony of all ironies. So it's, you know just some of this stuff. You know, even the injuries you learn in that documentary. And I, I had heard this before, just knowing a lot of people in the golf business. The training he did with the Navy SEALs probably contributed a lot to his his problems with his knee. So just it just seems like man, I hate to use the word destructive when it comes to someone that you're a big fan of. But boy, this is a, this is just a tough one to just just say. Okay, it was an accident. Man, what, what kind of accident is this? An accident is one like a tractor trailer runs over you. That's an accident. You know, there, there's black ice on the road. Okay, like like in Texas. Okay, there's it's an accident. This is, I mean, he was going at a high rate of speed and just flew into the wrong lane of another high, of another of the same street. The street's divided. Is the way I'm doing a very poor job of explaining this. The, sh- the highway is divided, so you got the northbound and southbound lanes. In between there's like a median with some grass. He went across the grass all the way across the other lane and ended up left of everything. There's a golf joke in there too. I'm not gonna make it, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying it was it's it's really really bad he's lucky to be alive obviously and there's somebody i guess they were shooting a tv show not far from there and one of the producers said that tiger almost hit him so it sounds like there is a story here you're just not getting it yet the bottom line but save your internet theories i don't need that i don't need to, i don't need to know about what, what you think he thinks they think you think he was drunk because it was seven thirty. what time in the morning is acceptable for him to be driving where you're not gonna act like he's fucked up if it's 4 a.m okay we'll have that conversation Seven thirty a.m that's when golfers go about their business bunch of fools um yeah so some of you like I say some of you just may have issues with athletes with men in general speaking of having issues with men someone I'm getting very tired of and it's about time someone spoke up and said something here FKA Twigs who you ask exactly FKA Twigs is Shia LaBeouf's ex-girlfriend who is now engaged in what has to be described as a PR tour about her terrible relationship I talked about her a few weeks ago she's suing Shia LaBeouf because of their bad relationship accuses him of everything from sexual battery to verbal abuse whoa bad words yes and decides that the way to the way to hammer this out is in a court of law they were never married mind you they just dated but the bottom line is she's taking him to court claims claims that she was not going to take him to court if he would just go get himself some help then decides she's going to sue him along with a couple of her of his other ex-girlfriends In a story that makes absolutely no sense. So with everything going on in Texas, and with, obviously, about half the country still locked down, this girl thinks that her breakup is the most important thing happening at the moment. Also just happened to do a photo shoot that landed her on the cover of Elle magazine, and an interview there. I think this whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. I think she is a sociopath who knew what she was getting into. I mean, even I could have told her Shia LaBeouf was bad news. We all know he's a fuck-up. I mean, we all know the guy has a problem with drinking. He's got a problem with anger attention starved total hollywood diva but a a seemingly dangerous one and some of the stories she tells about him are downright frightening threatening to drive him and her off off the road on the way back from vegas just i mean crazy crazy shit but gail king does a two-part interview now with this woman that i mean you really think this is the worst thing that any woman is going through in the world right now you're out of your mind and gail king did ask i'll give her credit for this she asked one one good question why didn't you leave the guy and the girl got well, you shouldn't be asking me why I didn't leave him. You should be asking me why he held me hostage. He held me hostage. She's British. She held me hostage, you see. No. No, he didn't hold you hostage. Okay, you stayed. Okay, you chose to date the guy, and you chose to stay with him. And now all of a sudden you want to sue him because, what, it didn't work out? People are sleeping in their cars in Texas. Their toilets are freezing. Their homes are flooding because their pipes are bursting. No clean water. No, never mind all of that. We need to talk about Shia LaBeouf yelling at you and gaslighting you. He hurt your feelings. You're lucky to be alive. That's what she said. She's lucky she got out of the relationship alive. Also claims she's a very private person and never wanted to do this to begin with. But here's the thing. They say that about everyone who goes on on a professional victim's tour. What a private person she was. Remember Dr. Ford? Oh, Dr. Ford didn't want to come out and say that about Brett Kavanaugh. And she she was a very credible witness. I mean, she was crying. We've never seen a woman cry before. Never seen a woman cry to get what she wants before. And in this particular case, FKA Twigs is literally an actress. If you do a search of her on Google, go to the images, click on images, FKA Twigs. The first one is her wearing a pair of ski goggles as if it were a pair of regular sunglasses. A couple pictures in, it's her in a t-shirt, no bra, nipples popping through the shirt. But no, she's a very private person. Only dates famous actors and musicians. She's dating a guy in a band right now, Robert Pattinson before Shia LaBeouf, but she's a very, very private person. I'm sorry, I don't buy any of that. I don't buy any of that whatsoever. Just like Evan Rachel Wood a couple weeks ago wanted to tell us, "Oh, you know what, Uh, I was abused years ago and Marilyn Manson was the guy who did it. Yeah, but Evan, we, we, we knew that because he pretty much wrote songs about killing you. So we all knew he he abused you, okay? It's nothing shocking about it. Plus, he's Marilyn Manson. We all know he's a monster. But before you decided to tell the world about that, because you want to protect all the little girls out there, you decided to call Kobe Bryant, who you never had anything to do with whatsoever, a rapist. Was that also trying to help the little girls out there? Were you trying to help Vanessa Bryant? Were you trying to help Kobe's surviving daughters by calling the guy a rapist? Guy never did a thing to you. You somehow know he's a rapist. Anytime you hear, I'm just doing it for all the little girls out there, it it is complete and utter horseshit. I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and there's nothing misogynistic about saying that, okay? Either you want to be in a world of equals, okay, or you want to scream misogyny every time you're criticized. Taylor Swift threw a fit on Twitter because some Netflix show I've never heard of made a joke about her dating life, okay? And now, it's misogynistic. No, it's a joke. That's what it is. Maybe the fact that you can't take one, okay? Okay. It's why you have the issues to men with men to begin with. I'm sorry, but it's true. If you can summon 88 million Twitter followers to rush to your defense as the highest paid musician in the country, you are not a victim. I promise you. I'm not sure which which mansion you're in weeping to yourself right now, but you are not a victim, okay? Maybe that mindset is why you're going through men the way you do and why some Netflix show is making a joke at your expense. It's a joke. Deal with it. My God. Give me Taylor's money and make fun of me all you want. I I know it's different because I'm a man. Somehow when you're a man, it's different because uh, misogyny is bad and men are the patriarchy, and I'm not, I, I don't know. I can't keep up with this shit. Who cares? Honestly, speaking of delusional musicians, Lady Gaga. Now, this is crazy. In a lot of ways, it's crazy. I'm not trying to give her a hard time. I mean, not my kind of person, but that's okay. No big deal. She had her dog stolen. I feel bad for her. And people say, well, she's making a big deal of their dogs. Yeah, people get close to their dogs. She had three. Her dog walker gets shot in the chest four times four times two of the dogs get stolen he actually saved one of the dogs the guy's pretty brave now he wailed he did wail I mean he did kind of sound like a girl when he was screaming but mind you he had four holes in his chest they were caused by bullets kind of I think I excused that at that point I think it's okay I think i probably start screaming too so the guy screams saves one of the dogs he doesn't want to give him up he actually went and protected the dogs Lady Gaga puts out a $500,000 reward not for the shooters but for the dogs just the dogs no questions asked She's in Rome at the time. She's inconsolable. A few days later, they find two of the dogs tied, I think, to like a street sign or something in L.A. Lady comes across them, says, wait a second, I think I know these dogs. Boom. And apparently she's in line for the half a million. Okay. And Lady Gaga, in the meantime, says, hey, wait a second, guys. It's not like I don't care about the dog walker. And he's, by the way, he's not just my dog walker. He's also my friend. I love him. And I'm praying for you, pal. Praying for you but the 500000 is still for the dogs we don't give a shit who shot you don't worry about it doesn't matter then she gets the dogs back well at that point you really don't have an excuse because I can understand the mindset hey listen guys I just want the dogs back I don't want to put a price on these guys and make them think the cops are going to kick their door in and then next thing you know they, you know, they, they do something horrible to the dogs we don't want to see that happen okay now you have the dogs back still no reward for the guys who shot the guy not, not, not one the dog walker hey man part of the job Hey, on-the-job hazard. What do you want? Occupational hazard. You're out there walking a dog. Hey, you may have to take a a few bullets. After all, I'm Lady Gaga. Not a drop of concern. At first, I was like, you know what? The reward is, is for the dogs and not for the person, not the guy who got shot. And I'm like, well, but the dogs, you know, I can understand her being close to the dogs and wanting to protect the dogs because obviously they're in the hands of some really bad people. And maybe you panic a little bit. Maybe you're emotional. Now she gets the dogs back. No reward for the guy. The guy took four bullets for those dogs, held on to one of them. No reward. I mean, what are, What are we doing here? Maybe she works something out with the guy privately and she compensates him. Okay, fine. But what about the guys that shot him? You're not going to offer a reward for that? Oh, my God. By the way, LA sounds like a lot of fun right now. Oh, my God. You know, there's a lot of talk right now about certain groups being targeted, and that's that's completely wrong. Like like a year ago in my neighborhood, there were a couple of Chinese restaurants that actually closed down because nobody would eat there and i'm like guys you got to be kidding me that's ignorant i mean that, that, that's just dumb and anything i don't know if people are threatening them or anything like that I didn't, I didn't hear anything like that but i did hear that they were having a hard time doing any kind of business I mean, like, as if going out to eat for Chinese is somehow going to give you coronavirus. You couldn't be more ignorant if you tried. But, but it's, it happened. It was unfortunate. That's how it is. Now you're hearing about attacks on Asian people across the country. And I'm saying, you know what? Is it really that people are targeting Asians or that crime is just up everywhere? And I don't know the answer to that either way. If you're targeting anybody, well, stop it. I mean, just simple as that. Stop it. But there's just some of these neighborhoods, I mean, including places in New York City, you wouldn't think it would happen becoming much, much more dangerous than they were. Now you got people out there robbing robbing dogs at gunpoint. I know the dogs are rare and expensive and everything, but give me a fucking break. Anyway, 500k for the lady who found the dogs. Good for her. And now for another display of just how delusional the people in Hollywood are. Uh, Chris Harrison appears to be out at The Bachelor in what is, in my opinion, an entirely orchestrated controversy, so much so that I thought he was in on it at first. He goes and does an interview with a girl who is the first black bachelorette in the franchise's history. The thing's been around for like 15 years now. The ratings have been t- have been bad. I'd say they've been terrible, but they've been bad. The first episode of this year's show was the lowest rated they've ever had. They bring in a, ba- a Black Bachelor this year because, like every other thing on the planet, we have to make it about race this year, thinking that it's going to give them some kind of rating spike. Chris Harrison himself said this is going to be the most controversial season ever. Why? What? Wait a second. You have a Black Bachelor, and now it's definitely going to be controversial? W- why does that make any sense? Well, it makes sense because the producers are going to make it that way the mix of women this year they have women of, of, of all races all backgrounds they are as nasty and confrontational as it gets and I'm not saying that it, that's about their race I'm just saying that that's, that's their personality then they bring in a sec a second carload of girls like halfway through the season then they bring in another girl blonde hair blue, blue eye chick it just happened that way to come in there and get dirty looks from all the black girls that's what they did they orchestrated this 100 all the way then they have chris harrison go on in an interview the interview just happens to be conducted by the first ever black bachelorette and they talk about one of the girls on the show who a couple years ago in college went to a party where the old south or the deep south was the theme not you know they weren't making fun of slavery they weren't doing anything like that they just were dressed up as if they were from the old south and they expect the girl to apologize for it, which she does. Cause it racist that she was even there. Got out of the sorority because of all their terrible behavior. No, I don't need any any girl from The Bachelorette to tell me that the behavior within sororities or fraternities is awful. I had no interest in it when I was in college, and I still feel that way. I think it's absolutely preposterous. Not saying they shouldn't be allowed, but to me, it's just it's a bunch of garbage. It really is a bunch of bunch of kids basically basically it's a bunch of kids that tend to have a lot of money not necessarily the case but their parents tend to have a lot of money and they kind of hang out together have the best parties they don't let other people in it just it's completely stupid i think it's ridiculous i don't think it's ridiculous though that she goes to an event I, I just don't i don't i don't think it's a big deal an event that is allowed by the school and now all of a sudden three years later is deemed racist i understand that there was slavery back then i also understand there was slavery back when william shakespeare was writing plays are we not allowed to do romeo and juliet anymore Honestly, I mean, where do we draw the line? It's gotten to be completely and ridiculously out of hand. So I just assumed this was something they were doing for ratings, something they're doing for attention. And because Chris Harrison says, well, wait a second, let's have a little grace. Let's let her tell her side of the story. I guess he used the term woke police. And that was enough for Disney to say, oh, wait a second. Now we got a problem. Could it be that Chris Harrison makes way too much money for Disney's liking? If people haven't noticed, Disney, just take a look at ESPN, has kind of been in cost-cutting mode lately because they've lost a shit ton of money at their amusement parks. And now all of a sudden, one of their highest paid employees is out of a job. Huh. Funny how that works. I think the, I think the entire situation is ridiculous. Now, I don't feel bad for Chris Harrison because Chris Harrison helped make that ridiculous franchise. I think it's terrible. I think it sends a terrible message to, to men about women, a terrible message to women about men. I just think it's awful. You pit twenty-five girls against each other. Of course, they're gonna act like jerk offs. Pile them on top of each other. The little that I've seen from this season kind of felt like the real world. Almost even a little bit Jersey Shore. Just people picking fights over nothing. There was one girl. She's not around anymore. I personally did not find her the least bit attractive in any way, shape, or form. But that's that's me. I mean, people. You know, people have have different tastes and what have you. But was picking fights. It seemed like with everybody. And the girl wasn't even a nice person. I mean, she was just nasty. She was unattractive, whatever. I just had no business, in my opinion, being on that show. But that's just me. Um, But you knew they were going to make race a big topic this season because a lot of people are doing it. And when Chris Harrison comes out and says, well, it's going to be the most controversial season ever. And then he ends up out on his ass. And it looks like they're not bringing him back. In fact, Emmanuel Acho is going to host the finale, I guess, after uh, the, The Bachelor picks somebody but everybody's turning on Chris Harrison, including the Bachelorette, including Matt James, who's the bachelor this season. Everyone's going after him now for, for basically saying something which, in most people's opinion on planet Earth, is harmless. I mean, it's got to be completely ridiculous. But then again, if you're going to choose to be a part of that franchise, you know what? What, what, what can I say? You've made a ton of money by promoting something that's just awful. And, and And to be fair about it, why are the ratings really down this year to begin with? Well, number one, it's been around for a long time. But the other thing is this. I don't know the numbers with this show. How many of these couples actually end up being couples? It kind of seems like the whole thing's a joke. Hannah Brown ended up picking a guy who had a girlfriend the entire time. The last one where you had was named Claire, and she picked the guy Dale. They moved in together into the Lower East Side in New York City, and then like a month later were broken up. She decides she wants to move to Sacramento and he decides he doesn't want to because he doesn't maybe like her very much at all and she's a lot older than him and hey, why bother? Yeah, so so I think part of the appeal of the show has sort of lost its luster simply because people see through that it, it doesn't really mean anything. You know, I think the first Bachelor, I think he ended up actually marrying the girl that he chose and I think they're still together. But that, as time has gone on, has proven to be the exception, not the rule. So I think The Bachelor, I said this before, I said this a few weeks ago and I'll say it again, I think this show has pretty much run its course and they can scapegoat Chris Harrison all they want and come up with a black host as if that's what's been holding the show back these last few years. It's not. It's that the whole concept is played out. And it really is... I mean, you want to call it fantasy? Okay, fine. It really is stupid. I mean, it really does bring out the worst in people. And it, it is a, a fun kind of concept. But in reality, it's just all bullshit. We know that it is. And now finally, uh, and some of you will disagree with this, but what I consider another manufactured controversy... The NFL coaching hiring is now over once again, and once again, what are we hearing about black coaches, black coaches, black coaches? Somebody asked me on Twitter, and again, follow me on Twitter at bcaktheman. Follow the show at Air Attack Radio. Hey, when is this going to end? What you know? What when is it going to end? And I said that's a good question. How many exactly? How many black coaches do we need in the NFL before this controversy stops? And someone jokingly replied, thirty-two. And I said, no, you know what? It won't stop them because then they'll talk about general managers. They'll talk about owners. They'll talk about coordinators or they'll simply move to another sport or they'll come back to his majesty, Colin Kaepernick, who biggest victim ever still getting paid by the NFL is also starting a SPAC. Okay. If you guys, anybody in the investing world knows you're starting a SPAC, it's because you got a lot of money. And so Mike Tomlin does an interview and you know, of course the topic comes up. Now there's two ways of looking at this. Mike Tomlin would know what he's talking about because he is a black coach in the NFL. Or, or you could say, well, Mike Tomlin's a little biased because he's a black coach in the NFL. You could look at it both sides. But he's been a coach in the NFL for a while. The Rooney Rule helped him get hired because the Steelers claimed they would not have interviewed him without it. They're also the ones that came up with the rule, so who knows about that. But, you know, he gives an interview, says that there's obviously a problem, and I'm seeing this theme go around Twitter. Well, something's got to happen. Something's got to change. they got to do something. What do you want them to do Exactly when you really think it through and that's a real question it's not a rhetorical question i want to know what is the nfl supposed to do force a particular franchise and say hey listen you're up you got to hire a black coach you can't do that you're talking about contracts these guys make two three four five million dollars a year sometimes even more for a long time you're going to guarantee a guy 15 20 25 million dollars based on the color of his skin that's not how it's going to work it's never going to work that way. And who's the first team up? What do you do, a lottery? like? So in other words, when you really think it through, it doesn't make any sense. But I'm went, but listening to guys talking about, well, when there's so many random white guys hired and Eric enemy can't get a job, hold up now. Where are the random white guys? You lost me here. You lo- Go ahead and tell me the random white guys that got hired for NFL head coaching jobs. And why is Eric enemy entitled to a head coaching job after three years that's it just three years as an offensive coordinator with a guy who might be the most talented quarterback in history a top five offensive line a top five tight end probably a number one tight end that conversation may change when the kid from Florida comes into the league in the next couple months but we'll get there when we do but you got a a top five offensive line you got a top five tight end you have a top five wide receiver group of course they've had success and of course Eric Bieniemy has had something to do with that in terms of designing plays and whatnot he doesn't call the plays but then the guy gets hired in Philadelphia, he doesn't call the plays either, so people have a fit about that. I mean, it's, re- it's just a ridiculous manufactured conversation by the same people that manufacture all these conversations. So you know what? Let's go higher by higher in the NFL, and you tell me which one you have a problem with. Number one, the Houston Texans, David Coley. black. I guess the conversation ends there. You want to talk about a no-name. See, I've heard, well, there's a bunch of no-name white guys, random white guys. That's a random black guy. I actually had never heard of David Coley. Now he's the Baltimore Ravens assistant head coach, assistant to John Harbaugh. He's doing something right. He's also the passing game coordinator. And you know, for a team that has a very strange passing game situation. You got a quarterback that's no more for running than passing and you bring him in to coach Deshaun Watson. But no one wants to say that because, hey, he's black. Hey, the guy's black. Super. It's the greatest thing ever. You got people who are cr- who are crying, complaining about random white guys, quote unquote, getting jobs. You have no idea who this guy is, but because he fits your idea of how the world should look, it's a great hire. We'll see how it works out. Maybe it works out great. Good for him. I think he's also the oldest hire, okay, that, which which gets totally lost in the shuffle here. The Jacksonville Jaguars, Urban Meyer, ever heard of him? Now, Urban Meyer makes a big mistake early where he hires the strength and conditioning coach that got fired from Iowa because the guy basically, by all accounts, was, was giving the black guys a hard time. I don't know if he was also giving the white guys a hard time, but the black guys didn't see it that way. He was giving them a hard time, basically, you know, mimicking them and kind of making fun of their background and whatnot, riding them, so to speak. Kirk Ferenc survives, the strength coach doesn't. If you're Urban Meyer, you do one of two things. You pass, and you say, I'm not hiring you yet. You're still too hot, okay? Or you say, I'm hiring you. I know I'm going to take a little bit of heat on Twitter, and I'm going to withstand it. I'm going to stand up for you and stand tall. Urban Meyer does the worst possible thing. Hires him, sees the reaction, lets him go. Just like that. Absolutely ridiculous. Take all that and put it aside. It's Urban Meyer. You're telling me people shouldn't hire Urban Meyer if they have the chance. Okay, fine. He's a white guy. Have you forgotten who owns the Jacksonville Jaguars? Shad Khan. Not a white guy. There goes your argument right out the window. The Lions. Who's Dan Campbell? Dan Campbell was aggressive in his press conference. He wasn't well-spoken. He sounded like a meathead. He sounds like he belongs in a mosh pit. Dan Campbell was the assistant head coach in New Orleans. That means Sean Payton thinks highly enough of him to have him as his right-hand man. Also the tight ends coach, but he's a guy who's known in the league. But he's another random white guy. We're going to skip over the fact that Detroit hired a black general manager and two black coordinators to go with this random white guy. Your conversation is once again garbage. Now Brandon Staley, hired by the Los Angeles Chargers. If you haven't noticed, people who, who coach under Sean McVay kind of popular right now. So the Bengals got their coach. I mean, the Sean McVay coaches are very hot commodities, just how it is. He also coached one of the few defenses in the league last year that was a good defense. If you if you didn't notice last year the scores were out of control over unders in the in the low fifties, mid fifties, routinely last year. When's the last time you saw that in the NFL? You didn't have much of a preseason. I know the practices were tough, the zoom calls and whatnot. Okay, fine. That defense was pretty consistent. I'm not saying Aaron Donald doesn't help. I'm not saying it hurts that you have uh what's his name, Jalen Ramsey there? I'm not saying that hurts. Okay, and they were relatively healthy during the year. Okay, that helps too. That's not a random white guy by any stretch. Next, the New York Jets, Robert Salah. Not white guys, Lebanese. There's your argument out the window. Also one of the most sought after coordinators. Now, the, the Niners did not have a great season defensively. It's because they were hurt. Simple as that. I mean, that, just that's neither here nor there. Big time, big time coaching prospect. Doesn't always work out, but we'll see how it does. It is, after all, the Jets we're talking about. Atlanta Falcons, Arthur Smith, if you think the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, who has made Ryan Tannehill into one of the most prolific passers in the NFL, is not a hot coaching commodity, that's fine. I'm here to tell you that you just don't know that much about the NFL. And it's really as simple as that. You've had an offense in Atlanta that is underachieved with the likes of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. It has been an underachieving offense. They brought Dan Quinn in there because the defense was terrible. Didn't really work out. We'll see if this theory, now that you go and focus on the offense, we'll see if that works out a little bit better for Arthur Blank. And finally, the Eagles, Nick Sirianni. Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinator. Worked right under Frank Frank Reich. Frank Reich does have a history with the Eagles. You can call this guy a little bit of a random white guy. No problem. But that's the last one. Okay, you want to say he's a random guy? Yeah, random guy. He's the offensive coordinator for the Colts. He's the offensive coordinator for a guy that the Philadelphia Eagles think very highly of in Frank Reich. He was just there. In fact, Frank Reich just took Carson Wentz off their hands because he thinks he can fix him. He thinks he can work with him. He doesn't think he's broken. I think it's a little bit of him being a little bit broken. I think it's partially that Carson Wentz has been running for his life for the last season, basically running in circles and a coach he didn't get along with too. So you bring in Nick Sirianni. So out of all those guys, which which one of them is somehow a product of racism? How is one of them a bad hire? Which one of them, what is the league supposed to do? Step in and say, no, we object. We object to that hire. He's not qualified. Give me a break. You guys are out of your minds. Now, if you got a, a franchise that has a history of racism or passing up good coaches that are available and put a bunch of dopes in there, hey, go ahead, I'll listen. But a, a lot of these franchises that have coaches that don't work out have hired black guys. That's just the reality of the situation. Look at the Jets and Todd Bowles. You're going to tell me that was a good hire, but at the time it seemed like it was. Because like a lot of these guys, regardless of their race, the best coordinators don't always make the best head coaches. And believe it or not, you as fans don't always know who's going to work out to be the best head coaches in the NFL. That's why coaches sometimes work out and sometimes they don't bottom line, and if you don't understand that, I can't help you, and if you think that these are just a bunch of random white guys that got hired in the NFL over the past few weeks, then guess what? You don't know the NFL that well, and that's just all there is to it, and that is all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us, and make sure you check out facebook.com slash The Air Attack. Follow me on Twitter and on SoundCloud at the Man. And follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. And remember, the Air Attack with BC The Man can be heard on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and on the Anchor app. Subscribe and share today. Close it out tonight with my man from Miami who starts every Air Attack. Here is Lace. All right, all right. I am BC The Man. I will see you guys next time on the Air Attack.
0: No worries, we do this every day, we get the cake, so no mistake, ain't nothing fake, in the morning we can fade, and then we ride, you know we slide, to the other side, all night we gon' vibe. Go drink and smokes so roll up. I know you about that, so you and turn up. You got money, you make them big bucks. On Instagram with your big bucks. Huh? I like your style, I like your smile. Let's get wild for a while, maybe have a child. Hi. I'm just joking, I'm smoking something potent. Cause you know that getting to the money's more important. You a boss, girl, and I'm a boss too. So let's do what we do and make the boss moves I got your number, so I'ma call you. And this is what I thought when I saw you. See you looking good, girl. I see you looking good, girl. I see you getting money, girl. I see you getting money, girl. girl. Clean, looking like a queen all about your green every day pursue your dream you ball stuff you lay sound, cause you out here on the grind, doing what they ain't found you ain't about no drama, ain't worried about these hoes, you laughing at these niggas, you focused on your goals, I-N-D-E, girl, you independent, M-I-A-305, girl, I represent it, you a hustler, I'm a hustler, a thing in common, let's get this money, I know you hear it calling, dumb sucker haters, they fear to see us falling, they wanna see us falling, but they won't, cause we can't, laughing straight to the bank, after that we blowing dang, so shout it, what you think, you deserve a man, a man that understands, step before is love, we gotta get some grants business before pleasure, yeah, mama do your thing, get more chatter, holla at your boy whenever, and this the last thing I had to tell ya, I see you looking good girl, I see you looking good girl, I see you To the bank, to the bank. All right, all right, right. left it straight to the bank to the bank. All right, all right, right. left it straight to the bank, right, right, right. to the bank, the All right, all right, left it straight to the brick to the bank. All right, oh, no, all oh, no, like right, left it straight to the bank to the bank the All right, all <my>. right, left it straight to the bank to the brick i see you looking good girl i see you getting money girl i see you riding clean girl all right, all right.